Chapter 1, Part 3 A knock brought her feet back to the earth with a solid thump that snapped her teeth together, causing her to nearly bite the tip of her tongue clean off. Rose, sweet Jesus, Rose, open the door. Go away, Carla. I have a customer. Her voice was shaky. She tried to take a steadying breath. Only he ain't your customer. What the hell do you mean by that? Nothing. Just that your customer has probably passed down his own drool right now. There's no drool, hissed Rose. Well, there's always a first, she heard Carla mutter. Now open the door this instant. Fine. Just give me a minute. If I had a minute, I would not be begging, snapped Carla, a spike of desperation in her voice. Rose threw open the door. Carla stood in front of her, wide-eyed and panting, a bedraggled Jane hanging on her arm. Jane was the youngest girl working in the establishment and still a technical virgin, though old man Porter had wanted her with a vengeance. The sheriff, too. Jane stole a gold necklace, exploded Carla, and now she dead. I'm not dead, Jane stomped her foot, and I ain't do no such thing. That little vagrant boy, Tony, he stole it. I only took the blame. Seems Sheriff Dupree won't kill him on the spot. Then your stupid aunt dead. He would have done no such thing, wailed Carla. The boy would got himself a beating probably well deserved. You had no business getting involved. Jane sniffed miserably, tears gushing over her round cheeks. He's been my friend his whole life. Whole life, railed Carla. The boy is scarce ten years old. Well, I'm only twelve, sobbed Jane. Rose sighed. Jane, what can we do? Oh, Rose, nothing, just nothing. Sheriff Dupree wants thirty dollars by sunup or he take my hand. Your hand, yelped Rose, striding forward. Didn't you return the necklace? Of course she did, snapped Carla, and Jane nodded wildly. It didn't matter. Sheriff Dupree said I must pay the value of the piece for the pain and suffering I caused Miss O'Connor. Rose shot Carla a look. A missing limb is not death, she said reasonably. Carla made a squeaking noise like an angry turkey and threw up her hands. In our profession, dearie, it might as well be. I don't have thirty dollars, Jane. I don't even have half of that. Rose took Jane's hand. Don't you have anything at all? I have eight dollars, sniffed Jane. Rose walked to her armoire and pulled out the drawer beneath the mirror. From it, she took a small velvet bag. She appended the contents in her hand and silently counted. I have twelve dollars and eighteen cents. I have four dollars and five cents, offered Carla, reaching a hand into her generous bodice and rooting around. So, we're still short five dollars and seventy-seven cents, said Rose. Carla cleared her throat. As one, their eyes fell to the man passed out before the dead fire. No, Rose whispered. No, I couldn't. Well, Carla clicked her tongue. Has he paid you yet? No, but I'm not nearly six dollars an hour, gasped Rose. I could never rob him. Carla dramatically grabbed Jane's hand and waved it rambunctiously in the air. Do you want Jane to lose her hand? I truly don't, but neither do I want to be a thief. Fine, sniffed Carla, taking a step toward Cole. I couldn't give two squirts what happens to this rascal. No, wait, Rose cried, not really knowing why she cared. Perhaps she truly did not wish to fall this final step from grace. 
Or perhaps she just did not feel like robbing a man who deserved a good turn more than just about anyone. Locking her teeth, she started after Carla, meaning to tackle her away from Cole if need be. But Jane clutched her skirts and would not let them go. Please, she begged. Please, he has more money. Please, don't make me lose my hand. Rose sighed. He'll not take your hand, Jane. You know he only wants to bed you. He can't have you crying rape, so now he'll entice you to save yourself. Ugh, roared Jane. That's worse than losing my hand. He's an old codger with only one tooth that smells like hot manure. You're right, Jane, Rose said. He's a disgusting pig and will not let him have you. But one wrong is not righted by another. Seriously, Rose, where in carnation you learn to speak like that? We're whores, working in the worst brothel in these here United States. Who cares if Madame Tilly tried to make us speak and act like ladies? We ain't, screeched Carla, reaching down and relieving Cole of his purse in quick order. Not even you, with all your airs, missy. Rose snatched the purse out of her hand. It was a beautiful money bag, homemade and hand-stitched. She had a quick flash of his mother carefully sewing each seam and did not at all want the other girl to touch it. The bag was long and slender, heavy. She held it loosely and dumped the coins onto Carla's palm. Five dollars and eighty-four cents, breathed Carla. It's fate, you see. He'll never miss it, and Jane will be saved. Now, give him one of your concoctions, the kind that make men come stumbling back in here wondering where they've been. Where the last ten hours or hell, where the last ten days have gone. Don't look at me like that, girl. You know what I mean. Now, hide that purse. He'll think he lost it on the road. I fear we'll all pay for this, Rose said. Enough of that, Carla said. We're doing what we have to do to survive. If he's a good man, he would understand. Hell and damnation, Rose, he would probably help us. Maybe, Rose whispered. A sick feeling was spreading through her gut like a premonition of doom. Here. Stop thinking about it, girl. Give me his feet. I'll help you drag him into the hall. Please, interceded Jane. Let's put him on the street. Maybe that way he'll spect he got robbed. Rose closed her eyes, sighing with her whole heart. She was so drained that she was forced to lean on Carla. Ugh, we're the worst women in Christendom. Horse dung, snapped Carla. He's a man, and we're using him to save ourselves from another scoundrel of his kind. We will not be judged. Rose tucked the bag into her corset and prayed this night was all just a violent dream. Then she remembered the wings and quickly recanted her request. They lay him in the street behind an overturned carriage, and if someone saw three whores carrying a sleeping, if slightly rumpled gent, no one paid it any mind. Back inside her room, Rose took her pink bedroll and climbed out the window. The climb was perilous, and a tile slipped from the roof and crashed loudly on the street below. Panting lightly, she made it and set her bedroll down on the small spot of this strange town that was her own. When everything was properly settled, she walked back to the edge of the roof. A small metal trellis climbed up the terrace bracing Madame Tilly's window. She stretched her leg, caught hold of the brass bars with her toes, and pulled herself forward until she was barely balancing at the top of the outlaw, looking down on the dusty street below, already starting to come alive under the soft colors of dawn. Rose took a breath and sent up a prayer for the cowboy she had robbed tonight, 
She sent up a prayer for Jane, then she prayed that whoever was listening to prayers might take the time to listen to hers. Then she spread her wings, closed her eyes, and jumped. <laughs>